Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Energy City Plugged In Podcast, where we talk about the latest in news, sports, and entertainment in the Estevan area. The Energy City Plugged In Podcast is sponsored by the Estevan Mercury, Estevan's number one source for news since 1903. You are listening to us via the Press Play Network at pressplaynetwork.ca, via the Estevan Mercury's website at estevanmercury.ca, on iTunes or SoundCloud. My name is David Wilberg and I'm a reporter for the Estevan Mercury. Joining me this week for our monthly look at the Saskatchewan oil and gas sector is Brian Zinchuk, the editor of Pipeline News, Saskatchewan's monthly petroleum newspaper. Brian, as always, it's great to have you here. Hi there. So, see, you know, we've since we started the podcast, or when we started the podcast, we started doing these segments, it was often not a doubter when it came to the price of oil and the local optimism in the oil and gas sector. Price of oil is up and it seems like people are a little more more upbeat. Would that be a fair assessment? Uh, I would say a little is an understatement. I would say that for the first time in two years, I've seen consistent optimism from almost everyone I've spoken to in the last six weeks. So I spent the January talking to people in Cardiff. Now I've been talking to people in Arcola. Almost every business I've spoken to, not all, but almost all of them have told me that we have seen the bottom, we are coming back, it's slow, it's cautious, but they have started hiring. Uh, I spoke to someone yesterday who had hired six people for a relatively small location. Uh, you know, it, their company is a part of a larger company and they were their training sessions that they have for recruiting in Alberta they used to have, do them every two weeks to orientate them to the new job. Well, they can't get it. They had to move them to uh, one every week because they have that many people they were bringing back. And these classes are fully booked. So that hiring is happening. Uh, the service rigs actually are getting to be quite short-staffed. I'm hearing that uh, one person said, you know, going through uh, staff kind of like water through a sieve because they're just uh, – there's a pretty high turnover because people are coming in and some aren't working out or whatever it is. But there's definitely work to be had in service rigs. I've heard a drilling rig company uh, is looking for people. The uh, reality is, is that we finally started hiring people. So that is probably the uh, the best overall news I've had in almost two years. Excellent. And of course, you know, even we're seeing it with the papers. We're seeing more and more career ads, which is, you know, it's one of those things that's a sign. You know, the career ads, people are looking for work. And of course, if you're looking for a career ad, you can call 306-634-2654. And one of our talented sales reps will be uh, more than happy to to look after you. But there was once upon a time in which we had four or five pages well, of career ads in our papers. And Pipeline would be sometimes six to, I think we, we might have peaked at eight pages of career ads. And, you know, and we've had months where we've had none. Mm -hmm. uh, recently. So we're starting to see that come back. And, you know, a lot. there's a little bit of an issue here because spring breakup happens in five weeks. And a lot of people won't want to leave a current job for some work that might end in five weeks. Uh, a lot of people don't want to rehire someone for just five weeks. Mm -hmm. So I, the mood out there is that yeah, they need people right now, but a lot of them are positioning themselves so that when breakup is over, they're going to have the people. They're looking maybe not necessarily to hire them this week, but maybe three months down the road, they're going to be looking to have those people in position. Uh, I spoke with someone yesterday about that. He's looking for crane operators. 
Uh, could hire three picker operators if you had them. That's good things to hear. And especially because overall, in the past year, almost every oil field services company I'd spoken to had laid off roughly half of their staff compared to three years ago. People a little bit skittish, though, about getting back into the industry? That is the big thing. So two years ago, people were telling me they had an inch thick of resumes on their desk. Now, maybe they didn't keep those resumes or they got thrown into file 13 or whatever. But now those resumes are not coming in because a lot of people have left the patch. I mean, huge numbers. So what we're talking about here is that the uh, in oil field services, we're looking at up to 50% lower numbers than what we had. And backfilling that missing 50% may be very difficult because the people that were there are gone. And a lot of them aren't coming back. How long is spring bake? breakup going to last this year? And is there a concern that with all this snow on the ground that it could be a long breakup? Very much so. So spring breakup is mandated on provincial highways for a minimum of six weeks, usually starts March 15th. So that means the end of March and all of April is shut down. That's when most companies do their service work and fix things up. Because things have been slow, a lot of people have already done that work because they uh, want to keep their staff busy and we're doing shop time. So there's not going to be a lot. I mean, spring breakup happens every year. It's usually the catch-up time when people go, all right, now let's fix everything now. Uh, That will still happen. But the difficult thing is that we've got feet of snow. I mean, other parts of Saskatchewan have no snow, but the southeast and and further southeast you go, like Carnduff area, they're going to be just swamped when this stuff melts. In some cases, the snow is so thick that the ground didn't freeze because it was such an insulating factor. So there's a lot of concern that we could have a very long spring breakup. The ground could be very saturated. The other thing is that, I mean, from what my own looking at what's been happening and other people telling the same thing, this is looking a lot like the weather conditions that we had in the winter of 2010-2011. Now, 2011 mm-hmm. was the uh, time when we had the Great Flood. Absolutely. And so if we, we have a huge snowpack right now, if we get a lot of rain, we could have uh, area, like areas around Arcola. They looked more like lake than land. If there's still, you have know, people who weren't around here in 2011, you know, if you drive from Estevan to Weyburn, you know, there's still the, the it is, some people called it the Everglades uh, between Mydale and McCoon on Highway 39, where there's still water there that hasn't dried up from almost six years ago. Absolutely. Now, the, the interesting thing is that that year, because oil was high, that summer we still set a drilling rig record of 122 active rigs I in Saskatchewan. how busy it was. It, so companies were willing to pay for the matting and to pay the extra cost to drive trucks through mud and pay for RMs to fix the roads to, to get out there. Uh, that was when oil was over 100. Mm-hmm. Now, oil's not over 100. Companies are not willing to spend. If there's mud, it will not move. So uh, that's why we're seeing more drilling in the winter now than we see in the summertime in Saskatchewan. Uh, and that's so another point I wanted to bring up. So the, the rig count for the entire province, this includes Kindersley, this includes Shaunavon, Lloydminster, uh, is 68 as of yesterday. Now that's the highest it's been since mid-February 2015, two years ago. Do we have a number on how many are in the Estevan Weyburn area? Uh, sorry, I don't have that on top of my head, but it's the busiest I've seen in two years. So uh, the, we have a number of companies that are working full out that have 100% utilization. If they have three rigs, 
all three rigs are working, or if they have four rigs, all four rigs are working. But we have a few that have four rigs that only have one rig working. Mm-hmm. So not everyone is taking part in this. And, and let me be clear, this is not a bonanza, okay? It just means they're working. It doesn't mean they're making money. Mm-hmm. The rig rate for, in some cases, has dropped by one third compared to what they used to get a few years ago. So in a lot of cases, this activity, not just for drilling rigs, but for everything, it's people are working again, but the companies aren't really making money. They're paying their, their staff, you know, they're making their bills, but they're not able to, you know, increase their capital. They're not able to invest in new equipment for the most part or do a lot of repairs. They're just keeping the wheels turning right now. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you very much for for joining me for this opening segment. Coming up next, Brian and I are going to talk about a couple of uh, recent stories that have uh, been happening in the Southeast Oil Patch. Well, thank you very much and welcome back. Brian Zinchuk from Pipeline News is here to join me once again as we're going to talk about just a few things that are happening uh, in the Southeast Saskatchewan oil patch. And Brian, maybe the one that got the uh, most attention provincially and nationally, regardless of of how big it actually was, was the uh, oil spill on the uh, First Na- the Ocean Man First Nations land on a pipeline that was owned by uh, Tundra Energy Marketing Limited. Uh, what is the latest uh, with that? oil spill. My understanding is that uh, I heard uh, through the grapevine, so I haven't got this confirmed, that they've started to backfill, put dirt back in. So you don't do that until it's cleaned up. They've had enough time to clean it up, obviously. I guess fundamentally, the big thing about this is that this has been overblown beyond all proportion. Uh, It's absolutely nuts how much attention this got for what it's worth. I mean, the reality is there are dozens of VAC trucks in uh, the southeast Saskatchewan. There are probably 100 VAC trucks in Saskatchewan, maybe more. What do you think they do every day? Okay, they're cleaning up little spills here, bigger spills there. Uh, They're working on hydrovacs and that sort of thing. That is what they're there for. I mean, this was absolutely totally out of proportion. Do you think the fact that it's on First Nations land might have been a reason why Oh, it got a lot of attention. It's got all the check marks. Oh, pipelines. Pipelines are evil, didn't you know? Oh, First Nations. Well, First Nations uh, are obviously feel that you know pipelines are bad, except when that First Nation, in this case, actually receives revenue from the oil generated on their land, and a large number of their people work in the oil patch. You know, I think that Ocean Man, uh, I give them credit, you know, I think they dealt with this in perspective. I mean, I, obviously no one wants this to happen, but I think that uh, we didn't see the outlandish craziness that we've seen of other things related to some other First Nations, especially in the United States. You know, the reality is that sometimes these things happen and we clean it up and fix and keep on going on. If we had uh, this sort of attention drawn for every other industry, I mean, I couldn't even imagine we'd have enough time in the airways. Mm-hmm. It, just to put it in perspective, how much is 200,000 liters All right, of oil? There, there you go. You just said liters. Yes. Nowhere in the business is oil measured in liters. Yes. If, if the people were talking in liters, they're purposely doing that to make it look bad, to inflate the numbers. 
Okay, so the the government uses. I'm a, no, I'm not trying. I'm, to do I'm not that. saying yourself, but I'm saying CBC and everyone else. Okay, because they think that oh well, I have a liter of pop, so that's how I measure things. Oil is an industrial commodity. Uh, it is dealt with in cubic meters, which is one thousand uh, liters. So that would be two hundred cubic meters for the spill. Uh, or roughly 1,260 barrels. So the oil industry either talks in barrels or in, uh, uh, what do you Cubic call it? Meters. Cubic meters. So I was talking to someone about this the other day, and they said, yep, the next time they'll be saying how many milliliters it was. You know, it was 200 billion milliliters or something <laughs> like that. And, you know, maybe after that it'll be picoliters. I mean, it's just, you know, this is, whenever you, you can tell the bias of the media reporting on it, by the units they use. At the same time, do you think it's maybe because people understand liters over cubic meters is the reason why they use well, that unit of measurement? Well, let's use something you can visualize. Can you visualize 200,000 anything? I, I would say I understand a, a liter more than a cubic meter. Yeah, but can you see 200,000? Can you put it in your mind's eye pictured right now? Or if I told you it, that... It that, would be. It would seem like a lot. If I told you I was two rail cars... That would be something that would be easier to grasp. That's almost exactly what it was, about two rail cars. Okay. Is that a lot? I mean, in some manners, yes, but compared to a lot of other things, no. No. It's not. Okay, so it's the equivalent of a, a few B-train trucks. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but, you know, not 50 of them. Mm-hmm. It's not one, it's not I, But that's my point, is that, you know, it's... People can play if numbers and statistics make anything look good or bad, depending on how they use it. Absolutely. Uh, switching gears to another uh, story related to Stoughton. And this is uh, a much more uh, upbeat, more potentially positive story for the local industry is the construction uh, or the proposed construction on a new refinery uh, in the Stoughton area. What is the latest on that front? All right, so I got an email last night from the CEO of the Canadian subsidiary, which is called Dominion Energy Processing Group, Incorporated. Mm -hmm. They're having a contractor meeting. This isn't a general public. This is contractor. So if you think your company could end up working on this project, you want to attend this, and it's in Weyburn uh, on February 15th, 8.30 a.m. at McKenna Hall, and it'll probably run for a few hours. So uh, that's good news because it means that they want to talk to the people who might be pushing dirt or supplying fuel or welding or whatever. So that's uh, a good development. Uh, this project here uh, is proposed by an American company who has not built a refinery yet. So, I mean, I'm reserving judgment on this until I see the D8s pushing dirt. But uh, if it does go ahead, there's no way this happens unless they're uh, intimately involved with Crescent Point. So I guess when we see that type, that formalized, then we'll know it's got a good, uh, a good chance. You know, Big projects like this uh, can often be proposed, not all go through. I mean, we've had 22 liquefied natural gas proposals for the BC coast. Not one has scratched dirt yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, you've got to temper optimism of reality here. Sometimes these things are harder. Sometimes they're easier. We have a government here that definitely would like to see this sort of thing, I would imagine. Uh, value added, f- for sure is important. Uh, this would be, if it does go ahead, uh, it's the biggest story in a Saskatchewan oil patch in a generation. Uh, refineries are huge for value added. It also means that they almost always expand uh, down the road. The Regina refinery has expanded five times over the years. 
Uh, Lloyd Minster uh, started as an asphalt refinery, then they built the upgrader during the Divine years. Now in Lloyd Minster, they're proposing another asphalt refinery of similar size. Mm -hmm. So if this does go ahead, it doesn't mean that we may see growth now. It may mean we may see growth for generations. Absolutely. And that kind of got to my next question about what would be the benefits of this. Obviously, we're also looking at jobs, 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 because there's people needed to work there. And it just, it, it, it seems like it's something that could really be a great benefit uh, for the local oil patch. This is something, though, that would be a long ways away from happening. It's not we're, something that we're going to see at the end of, by the end of the, this year. No, we're talking several years down the road. I can't remember the exact number, but it's at least two or three years before they could process oil. But, I mean... The, what it provide? It's it's not a huge number of jobs to build. It's a good number. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge number to operate either, under the, what I've heard so far. But what it does do is it provides stability for everything else. Absolutely. Okay? Because we got we got to feed that refinery. So that means that keeps you know the everything from the small pipeline contractors to the guys who work on pump jacks. You know that. Look at what the upgrader did for Lloyd Minster. It mm-hmm. took Lloyd Minster from 16,000 people in the early 2000s to 26,000 people uh, most recently. I'm not sure what the current census is, but it was one of the fastest growing communities. And that was from an investment mm-hmm. made 30 years ago. Yeah. Okay. But the impact from that was felt now. Absolutely. It seems like there's a lot of support in the Stoughton area for this project. I think that everyone's kind of... You know, they're cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think everyone would like to see it, but they, they want it, the proof is going to be in the pudding. So, switching gears uh, again, uh, a new, there's, uh, I understand that there's a new uh, energy company that has uh, started up, uh, uh, Canadian Plains Energy. That's correct. Uh, they're based in, uh, actually, they have operations in Carlisle. They are in the former uh, Ron Carson uh, or Carson Energy Services shop in Carlisle. Uh, they also have a shop in uh, Regina, actually very close to the refinery in Regina. And they're looking at expanding for other locations. They've got, uh, I talked to the uh, president, Dale Ziegler, who, used to, who took over Carson Energy Services after Ron Carson retired. Uh, he had a non-compete agreement where he couldn't run his own business for five years. That com- agreement is now over. And he is back in the business. So as of uh, recently, they have 30 employees. They uh, plan by a few months from now having 60. And by later this year, up to 150. So that is a very aggressive growth move. Uh, These are all experienced people. He said there's not one green hand in the bunch. They all know what they're doing. And they are going hard at it. Now, stories like this used to be common Mm -hmm. five, eight years ago. Haven't had one like this in two years. So yeah, have someone was... come in like this. This is awesome. I mean, I went through their shop yesterday, all brand new trucks. Okay. Most of their iron is like for their heavy equipment is brand new. No one's been investing in new equipment hardly in the past two years at all. Mm-hmm. If uh, something went wrong with your truck, you parked it on the fence and you, uh, you took the uh, plate off of it. So to see a company launch off the ground, new iron, new uh, hires, Going hard. This is awesome. This is the stuff that I love doing of pipeline. Absolutely. We love seeing. Obviously, it's great for our area, 
It shows that there's, again, optimism in the sector and that, uh, you know, it, 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 it's jobs. It's, so, it's creating employment for people. And I understand that there's even, you, you, you're seeing the other signs. Uh, we did touch on this in the first half, but you are seeing other signs uh, well, well, for of instance, optimism. I, I spoke to one company here the other uh, day as well, our, our French Transport. And uh, they mentioned that they had just bought four new trucks. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, for the past year, I haven't heard of anyone buying new trucks. So to see someone actually putting the money on the line, buying new equipment, that is a huge benefit. Uh, and they, they need people. They need truck drivers. Uh, and that will be in the story that will be coming in the March edition. So both of these look up for March edition, both online and in print. And uh, you'll get the details on it. But these are some of the best news that we've had for a very long time, and I, it put a, some joy in my heart to see this. Perfect. Well, hopefully next when we talk again next month, we'll have more uh, upbeat to more, more f- further optimism in the old patch, and hopefully we'll have a better idea of how long uh, spring breakup is going to last. Brian, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining me for this month's edition. Thank you very much to Sam McDonald for producing, because, I mean, with Sam, we wouldn't be sitting here. So thanks again, Sam. And thanks, everybody, for listening. This is the Energy City Plugged In podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.